comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. There's a saying in sports uh, that you've probably heard. Uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. I live by that. Yes, as do I. And I think we were a little bit lucky that we didn't record on uh, Tuesday night, which is when we usually record. No, I'm sorry. The show airs on Tuesday night. We usually record Wednesday night. This is Thursday night. We're one day late, but... We got some pretty cool news today that we get to talk about now in a little bit of a more timely fashion rather than having to wait until next week's episode. Yeah, usually it's the other way around for us with our various podcasts. We'll talk about something and the next day or two days later, uh, big news will come out. And because it usually takes us a couple days to edit a show, we look like doofuses. Right. Or in the case of a half hour wasted, they record two episodes in one shot. So they don't get back to the mic for two weeks. And sometimes they're completely off. Yes. Yeah. But we love them. We do. Uh, but welcome to the, uh, yes, and welcome to the Shield podcast. Uh, Russ is back. Hello, Russ. Hi. And uh, this is John. We don't have Brad this evening. I think we're going to be having Brad on sort of a. Uh, maybe alternating basis, it sounds like, with his new work schedule. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah, that works anyway. And the episode was called... See, you know, I really wanted Brad here tonight because Brad would enjoy saying the title of this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Yes. Um, it it was... Fizz, I believe is probably the best way you could say it. Yeah, and it's funny because I've seen it like F period, Z period, Z period, T period. So then I'm like, well, what's that all about? Yeah, I did see it that way a couple of times too, which was kind of, you know, it's funny uh, when you're writing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all the time in Facebook, Twitter, and the different things that we do. You get tired of writing all the periods in between the, I usually just write it all in caps. I'm lazy. Yes. So back to that bit of news. Um, I'm going to hand this over to you, Russell, because you are the details guy, and I don't want to breeze over anything or give false information. Well, you brought this link to my attention early this morning, and my first reaction was, uh, is it April 1st and I just forgot? Um, am I still sleeping? Uh, what's going on? Is the world upside down? Is... Uh, you know, a comet getting ready to slam into the earth and, you know, this will never come to be. Um, but but then, you know, we found out it's from the Marvel site. And what we found is Marvel Disney slash ABC television 
is entering in a deal with Netflix to produce four TV shows of 13 episodes each starting in 2015, culminating in a Defenders miniseries, all on Netflix. Um, and we found that the, the four licensed properties they're going with are Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, uh, po slash Power Man. He's mainly going by Luke Cage these days because there's a there's a younger, hipper Power Man in the in the Marvel Universe proper. Uh, and and a personal favorite of Mr. John Johnny M is uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, I mean, I was floored I, when I first read it. You know, and I, I sent it to everybody and cursed a lot and stuff. And then I said, you know what? Let me read this through. Is this animated? Is this uh? You know, a lie. You know, a lot like you said. Was it a hoax? Was it not confirmed? I did think maybe I missed that they were going to be animated or something like that. Uh, but it turns out it's it's a what it is is a mini version of the Marvel movie universe. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing four different franchises, culminating in a team a team up. And this is very smart on Marvel's part for. A couple, you know, Marvel, Disney, ABC, um, for for several reasons. One, it allows them to do this long format, so it's going to be fifty-two. Basically, we'll get fifty-two shows and then a mini series of how many ever episodes, whether it's two, four, six, whatever. Um, but Netflix gets to pony up a boatload of cash uh, to basically finance this deal and and get it done. And the the cool thing about Netflix, it's kind of like HBO where um, they don't really care about viewership. You know, they're not looking at the 18 to 49 demo. We'll never, we'll never know ratings on this thing at all, like how many people are watching it. Netflix is going to sink a bunch of money into this because it'll bring subscribers and it'll bring, you know, eyeballs to the TV. And, you know, again, they, they, you know, that, that's kind of been their, their strategy for, for quite some time. Uh, I guess it was about a year ago they entered into that big deal with um with Disney to get all of the first run Disney Marvel movies starting in I think 2016 they will actually come to Netflix first before going to HBO, Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, whatever. Uh and for those of you that have Netflix subscriptions, you've seen that Thor, The Avengers, um you know all these big, you know, I mean Avengers, big, you know, one of the biggest movies of all time made it to Netflix within the first year. Uh so it's pre it's pretty pretty remarkable and I'm really curious to see how this is going to pan out. Is this going to be like they're going to they're going to dump on day one 13 episodes of Daredevil, and then six months later they're going to dump 13 episodes of you know Jessica Jones, and you know, or is it going to be they're going to they're going to you know spoon feed us these things and do like two you know one episode a week, or maybe they'll do three episodes of one and then round robin them. I mean, all those details are unknown at the, at this point, but uh, it, it's really interesting. I mean, these are very street level characters. I mean, they're, they're taking the approach of, you know, the hell's kitchen area of New York and the, and the heroes that are kind of on the, on the ground as uh, you know, kind of, you know, the, typically they're not like big flamboyant villains. You know, this isn't going to be like, you know, Thanos and Loki and, you know, the Red Skull and all these top tier villains, this is going to be more, you know, uh, street level and allow them to kind of do, you know, something on a, on a, I would guess a little bit more of a scale back budget. Yeah, I'm my first thought about that sort of thing 
would be that this would be uh, like Kingpin as a villain because you know not a sure. super powered villain. You know the mob uh, Kingpin would be perfect, and you know I think scaled down in terms of super powered super. You know the world of superheroes. I mean, I guess they have. You know, Daredevil has some powers and an origin, and certainly, uh, I mean, all of them are, are super powered. I guess besides uh, Jessica Jones, right? Who else are we talking about? Daredevil, Power Man, Iron Fist. Yeah, they all have powers. Yeah, Jessica. So, well, Jessica Jones has like mega powers. She's like can fly and super strength and all that crazy stuff. Right. And I mean, I guess you could make daredevil just like a highly trained ninja type of guy and uh iron fist could just be a martial arts expert they could go that route you know uh luke cage could just be a really badass big dude right um they could definitely go that route but it'll be interesting because i've read some stuff um i guess russ it was the shareholders meeting for disney is that where this all started to kind of bleed from I think so. Yeah, they definitely. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. And some of the other information that came out after uh, the fact, um, I guess, as people started asking questions after they broke this news was, you know, this could be sort of a tryout for a major motion picture for one of these characters, you know, gauging the popularity um, it'd be interesting to see if they put them in the movie universe or if this is like their totally own separate deal. You know, it'd be a lot of, it's going to be fun grabbing the news over the next, uh, you know, I guess year and a half. Yeah. And they're, they're saying 2015. So I'm curious if this means December, 2015, or this is going to be January, 2015. Um, my guess is it's probably somewhere in between because it, you know, if this is the first we're hearing of it, I'm, my guess is they've probably done some basic plots and outlines for this and just been keeping it secret. But if they haven't even started casting yet, let alone location shooting and filming and, and everything else that goes into it, we're, we're probably still a ways away. Ways. My, my guess would be probably later in 2015 than earlier in 2015. But one of the, one of the other things that came up in that call, though, was they confirmed that they are going to do another a- ABC station uh, television show yes. series. Right. Aside from and, and these, we four. believe it could. Right, it could be the Peggy Carter series that we've kind of heard about. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's where the smart know. money is. Right, but uh, we'll see. You never know. See, I one thing that came to mind right away was where's the Punisher? Uh, <laughs> the Punisher is also back with Marvel in terms of his property now, and he'd fit perfectly into a Hell's Kitchen versus the mob. Uh, you know, it, it fits too perfectly for him not to be included. So I wonder if there is something brewing for the Punisher. Yeah, and my guess and my hope would be maybe they'll keep him segregated and we'll get like either a Stars, Cinemax, HBO, Showtime uh, series with that character because I think that one's going to take maybe a little bit more money, you know, just with guns and explosions and, and things like that and probably... um more hardcore you know we're probably going to get a lot of violence and language and you know sexual content and stuff like that um right and that and that can certainly i'm sorry they can pull that off on netflix yeah or more of that i mean i don't know if you've watched uh orange is the new black oh sure yeah yeah 
And, you know, they get away with some HBO-level stuff on that show. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah. I, my, I'm just curious if maybe if, if they want to not... Like, I guess it depends on how how tied in the Netflix stuff is going to be to the other stuff. And maybe if they want to keep it separate from a, a branding perspective, like they don't want, you know, if they, if they want to go hardcore with the Punisher and not have that taint the, the more family friendly ish direction they're going with, uh, with the movie stuff, if maybe they'll keep it separate, maybe, maybe this is a test bed, you know, if the, if, if Netflix gets, you know, boffo subscribers, maybe they'll be like, Hey, what else you got? Let's, let's talk. Yeah. I mean, and the the other the other possibility, I guess, the one that we don't want to admit is uh, the Punisher has had three movies that all failed. Yeah. So maybe the ship has just sailed. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And I, it, it's hard to say, right? Because I mean, maybe the movie direction is not the way to go with that char- character. You know, maybe yeah. maybe making yeah. it a little more procedural is is the right way to go. Who's you know who knows. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to pan out. I th- I think this is going to re- result in um, a pretty good increase in subscribership for Netflix. I think anybody on the fence is going to jump on this big time. I mean, this is I mean, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, uh, Hemlock Grove, some of the other stuff, the Arrested Development. I mean, those are big properties, and. And and they got a lot of buzz and a lot of uh, recognition, but I think when you start tying it into you know the third greatest movie of all time, and you're gonna you're gonna make it truly superheroes, you know where I mean Agents of Shield for for what it is, it's not a quote unquote superhero show, it's 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 more a police procedural than it is anything else, sort of. Um, this is gonna be capes and tights kind of stuff, and I think they're gonna more associate that with. The, the proper movie universe. And I really think that it's going to be a huge boon for, for Netflix. And and just real quick before we, uh, we need to get onto the actual agents of shield television show. But, uh, all of those examples that you gave orange is the new black house of cards, uh, hemlock Grove. Um, am I right in saying that they were all under the model of all the episodes in one dump? Yes. Okay, so really, there's really no precedent for Netflix doling out weekly episodes or anything like that. No, the the closest I think that we've come is right now, uh, October 31st, they dumped the first four seasons of Dexter, the, the Showtime series Dexter on Netflix, and they're waiting until January to get seasons five through eight. So that's the closest that I've seen, but even then, we're talking big bulk of of episodes all on one day, not, not anything spread out. So I'm really curious, uh, to see how the, how this works. All right. So agents of shield, um, I, I think we have a, an email to start off with maybe on last week's episode before we get going. Actually, it's this week's episode. Oh, okay. So this email is from Thomas. And uh, he said, Hello, S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. I've been up and down with my feelings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. While Episode 5 has been my favorite so far, I felt Bzzzt was a step back, which is interesting. Uh, they didn't make the alien vi- virus scary, in my view. Once you are infected, you get electrically charged, float, then explode. To me, this was just another variation of the extremis. Coulson is too much of a bleeding heart. There's no reason he had to sit with that firefighter as he was about to die. They tried to make the moment when the firefighter died sad, but I didn't care. 
Um, I'm glad they they are starting to give some depth to Fitz and Simmons. They had a lot of touching scenes in this episode. The biggest issue I had in this episode was Sky, which I think we've uh, we've all kind of uh, been been there. <laughs> um, why is Sky not suffering any repercussions for betraying the team? The only repercussions I see I can see is the bracelet that tracks her. I don't see this as a problem since she doesn't leave the plane. The team was accepting her back a little too easily in my view. Fitz and Simmons don't seem to care that she lied, and Coulson got mad at Ward for being harsh on Sky. Also, Sky doesn't seem to care about lying to the team. She's still making jokes while complaining and sucking up to Ward. I didn't care for her over-the-top crying when Simmons was infected by the virus. There's not been enough scenes between the two to showcase a close relationship. For her emotional scenes to work, I have to believe there's a close friendship. With Fitz getting emotional, I bought, I, I bought it. With Sky, it was a fail. I am starting to believe for this show to survive, they need to get rid of characters, and Sky is at the top of the list. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Well, thanks, Thomas. Uh, you heartless bastard. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I, I agree and disagree. Let me think. Um, I, I feel a lot of the same things about Sky, um, and, and I think, like you said, Russ, we've talked about it before. I do agree that the situation is kind of weird um, do you think it's maybe that one of these deals where she knows too much so they can't just cut her loose or kick her off? Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I kind of, I kind of am, am on his side with that because they, they just didn't seem to really address it. They kind of addressed it tangentially, you know, she kind of held up the bracelet and you could tell they were kind of pissed at her, but they didn't, I think the big thing was at the end of the last episode, they left her fate hanging and they didn't address it and they put the bracelet on her and that was it. And then in this episode, it's just like, Oh, she's still there. Like it, it just seems like there's a piece missing that we didn't get to see. And I think that's what yeah. bugs me more than anything. It's not the fact that they didn't give her the boot. It's that they really didn't address why they decided to keep her around. You know, they talk about Colson giving a second chance. And I think her coming on the team to begin with was the second chance because, you know, they could have just locked her up for, you know, spewing nonsense and propaganda or whatever, or, or, you know, brought her in and questioned her or whatnot. And they gave her a second chance on the team. And then she kind of blew that. So this is almost like a third chance. And so I just, that's the part that's just a little clunky with me, but, but yeah, like, like you said, I think I, I hate to really, I don't really want to seem like I'm ragging on Chloe Bennett, but I just think there's something with her character that's off. And to me, it just, I, I want to, it just feels like the writing more than, than, than the acting. There's just, they need to tighten her character up a little bit. And I think to a, to a small degree, they started that with this episode. I'm curious to see how they go forward with her because um, while there were a couple goofy spots with her, this episode, there weren't a ton of them. And I, and, and it wasn't quite as eye rolly and they diminished her, her, uh, on-screen presence in this episode so i think that helped yeah and you know what i didn't i didn't think too much about her hugging um simmons simmons yeah, yeah i didn't sorry either. yeah and, and and to me that's just like i don't know stuff you don't see on camera like i'm figuring yeah they're flying around in this plane all the time they probably got close you know confined area they're all hanging out together you know just like her playing battleship last week or two weeks ago sure um you know um 
what, what were some of the other points um, that the he virus. was making in his email? He wasn't real yeah. big, big on the virus. That it, you know, it was just uh, it seemed like a like too much of a take on extremists. Uh, I di- I didn't get that either. For me, I I thought, I mean, yes, it's a little kooky. I mean, these people get infected with something that makes them float in the air and then explode with some sort of electrical charge. But that's just the nature. Uh, uh, I I didn't. I looked past that a lot. Like that didn't really bother me too much. Um, yeah. You know, they made a point of saying it was alien. Again, I think it was a good use. I think this was the perfect use of tying it into the Avengers. Um, yes, and I, I just want to add, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to add, I liked that tie-in to the Avengers, so why did they need to keep saying New York? Yeah. It's like they can't stop beating us over the head. We know. We all saw the Avengers. <laughs> We've all seen the first five episodes of this television show. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little too much. But I did like I like the Chitari helmet and having that tie-in. I thought that was cool. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it, it, and it, it seemed believable, right? I mean, that somebody would pick it, you know, again, pick these things up as souvenirs. I mean, there's conceivably hundreds of these things lying around, you know, whether it's armor or helmets or staffs or guns or whatever, you know, pieces of flying crafts, you know, it's logical that somebody's going to pick some of this stuff up. Um, and, and the fact that we're at, you know, in, into this, you know, sixth episode before, um, you know, we really got to that. I, I'm surprised they waited that long for, you know, for, for that to come up again. I mean, we got zero eight four, but that wasn't really directly tied to uh, Shield, you know, or uh, uh, the Avengers. I mean, that was just a, a, an artifact that was kind of in the world. Uh, so th- this is this is something that just seemed a little more logical to me. And I, I th- like I said, the silliness of the virus, um, I kind of got over quick. I mean, it was it was a plot device more than it was anything. I mean, it was it was it was a, a reason to get us to you know to to where we got at the end of the episode. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and it, like you said, it was a little hokey, like by cleaning it, they activated the virus or or, or whatever that was. You know, I tell you what did bother me like those things. I feel like we're bashing on the episode already. And I actually thought it had like really good tempo and it was like light and fun. Yes. And I, I actually enjoyed the episode. One thing that bothered the crap out of me, the opening scene with the Boy Scouts or, or whatever that uh, yes. cookie scene was. Mm-hmm. The guy who ends up floating and exploding, he was, you know, serving burgers right before. What was he? What were they doing? They're cooking on a barbecue, or they were doing uh, ghost stories. Right. He didn't get sick. He didn't get sick before he blew up. Right. Right. He was totally fine. All of a sudden, they find them floating, you know, and and we kick off the episode. And then later on, everybody who had the virus, like, they got very sweaty and they, like, you know, their their eyes were red and they looked very sick, like they had a fever, etc. So, I don't know why. That, that, that was just kind of like a little, you know, missed something that could have been tightened up. You know, just have yeah. the guy say that he was warm or he wasn't feeling so hot. Something to make the, you know, just the continuity straight but uh that's a little sloppy but yeah and i guess as as we get again uh thomas thanks for for the comments uh if you'd like to send us more comments uh send them to 
shieldpodcast at hhwlod.com, and we will read them on the air just like we did for Thomas uh, this week. Um, but it, I'm noticing kind of a pattern. You know, TV shows tend to have a pattern. Like, once they get going, there's there's usually a pattern to the way episodes run. I mean, we kind of saw it with... You, you can see it with every show, whether it's, it's uh, you know, sci-fi related or not. You know, whether it's procedural or, you know, whatever. Comedies, sitcoms, whatever. They all tend to, to have their flow. And this one, this show seems to have where, for the first maybe quarter to a third of the of the episode is like what you think the main episode is going to be about and then the other half to two-thirds is uh dealing with the consequence of whatever that whatever that action was i mean we kind of saw that with 0804 we thought it was going to be oh they're out in the jungle and they're going to have this crazy adventure and they're going to find this thing and then it turns out that that was just the tip of the iceberg you know the real thing was when they got back on the plane and then they kind of got double crossed um you know same thing here like the whole bit with them getting sick and finding the, the finding the Chitauri helmet. That was all just just the, you know, ha, you know. I was surprised at how quick that all resolved itself, where they put the thing on the plane and then they and then they took off. Um, did you think? So we saw them put, you know, they put the helmet in the in in the in the box and then they put it in that containment room. Did you think for a minute when they finally figured out? like how to cure this virus that they were going to go into that room, open that box and they were going to get double that, that agent Blake like double crossed them and they were going to open that thing up and it was going to be empty. No, I didn't. That's interesting though. I don't know why. I just, I thought that, that maybe that they think they're taking this thing someplace and right. You know, they, they did, they weren't trusted. So I, I that, that kind of added a little bit of a suspense, at least on my part, but, uh, you know, the episode had a whole, like, I was 100% sure by the time it was half over that this wasn't going to be a continuity episode. We weren't going to get anything about the rising tide or, you know, Coulson's uh, state or, you know, I just felt like it was a one and done, really light. You know what I felt like? I felt like it was the... Fitzsimmons episode. Yeah. Remember how, like, on Lost, you'd have the June episode sure. or the, you know, I just felt like it was their character building episode and it was going to be sort of a freak of the week. But like you said, that really wasn't the focus. You know, the focus was them helping each other to get through it rather than the actual threat. Um, so I guess my mindset wasn't in, like, a double cross or. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, or anything like that. And and they kind of set it up early that it was going to be that kind of episode. I mean, we saw that Fitz was kind of flirting with, uh, with Sky, and he, you know, kind of, you know, she she was kind of completely blowing him off, and you know, said, oh, you know, it's kind of like you and you know you and Simmons, you know, you two, you know, speak the same language, and you, you know, you're basically you're a cute couple, is what she was trying to say. And I think at first Fitz was a little, like you know, deflated from that. You know, he thinks that, oh, maybe he's got a chance with the, you know, with the the hot new chick. And, uh, and so then it, it, you know, he started kind of looking at Simmons. And then of course the way the episode plays out, it, 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 it was really good. And I think it was, I've talked about this before, but I think sometimes with Fitz and Simmons, it's, it's a lot of jibber jabber, you know, that they, they talk so fast and they banter back and forth so much that you feel like you're just not getting it. Like you don't know what they're, you know, they're just, they're comfortable with each other and they're, and, and they, they speak this language, but the rest of us are just kind of like, it's not really important what they're saying. It's, it's just that they're working on the thing and they just kind of pick, pick back and forth at each other. 
and this episode slowed that down, at least in my opinion, it slowed that down a lot, where you got a lot more character-building moments with them. We we found out more about their backstory and their history, that they've been together, you know, since, you know, the Academy, and, you know, they were in the lab, and, you know, it was it was Simmons that pulled Fitz, you know, into the field, and it just, it was a really, it, I enjoyed that we kind of got more character-building with those two, and got to see them bond, and, and at the resolution of it, it was nice to see that they didn't just start like making out or, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the lights didn't shut off and, you know, you, you kind of imagine what happens. You, you kind of see that maybe there is something there, but, but you know, they're, they're, they're really good friends above all else. Um, yeah. And I, and I could see that going different ways. You know, I'm not sure which one I'd be happiest with. I guess I'd have to see how it plays out. Like, <laughs> I could see it being a Mulder and Scully type of deal, like everybody in the audience wants them to be together, but they'll take forever to be together. Um, you know, I could see it being where maybe Fitz ends up with a crush on a new guy, and you'll get an episode of Simmons being jealous but not saying anything, and vice versa. You know, I could see it going in that direction eventually. Yeah. Um, or maybe they'll just be like brother and sister the whole time, you know. And and that's fine too. You know, I I think I I think that the key thing is not to rush anything. I, you know, on on any on any front. I mean, we've talked about that with you know our fears of of Sky and Ward that the two of them are going to start to develop something. And I mean, you know, if, if it happens, you know, six seasons down the road, if this if this show lasts that long, that's one thing. But to happen. In seasons, you know, one or two, I I just think it's it's just way too cliched and and way too soon. Yeah. So we did get a little bit about Coulson's, uh, you know, he's he's doing the stress testing and he's uh, getting a physical and he gets the report there at the end. Um, anything to read into you know I, I had read some stuff that said maybe that the physical that he was you know maybe that report that he was reading gave him the answer to what has happened to him you know but I would think they would keep that far away from Coulson that was kind of an early thing that was stated right that he can't know that type yeah. of thing yeah it, and that was a, another piece of this episode I think that was really well done and I think this it's kind of what put it over the top for me is as as being if not my favorite episode of the season then then be pretty close to at this point um but he we find out that you know he's he's doing all these tests because he wants to know like he's he knows he's not the same colson that he was from iron man iron man 2 from thor from the avengers like he know he he knows something's different with him and you know a lot of people have said well this isn't the same colson and he's a softy and blah 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 and i i think if nothing else the the cool thing about this episode is it embraced that and said yes you people are correct this is not the same colson um and we're going to explore why it's not the same colson and i i thought at first when he said when he looked at the test results well, I think it, it does a couple of things. One, I think it pretty much proves that he is not an LMD. Um, because if he was an LMD, then he obviously, you know, drawing blood and things like that, it, I, I don't think it would come back that way. Now, granted, they could fake the results, but it, right. it, it, I didn't get that impression that that's what was going on. When he said, well, I got a little more iron in my in my system, he said, but I wouldn't, What I think he said, but I wouldn't call me Iron Man. And then uh, right. May said, yeah, I wouldn't call you that either. Um, 
but I thought maybe that was a hint at something like, oh, maybe maybe there's there's something to that, like the metallic thing in his blood. And when she told him to take his shirt off, I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's it, this is it. Like it, it's it's all it's it's all coming down right now. And right. when he o- opened his shirt and we saw the huge scar right, you know, in the middle of his, his chest, I was like, holy crap, there, you know, to me, I mean, if you take it at, at the surface that it. This is the Phil Coulson that we saw in every iteration before this TV show. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I, I'm definitely leaning more towards they flew him to Asgard and yes. magically stopped him from dying. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think there's... Yeah, I mean, obviously there's... there's. It wasn't like they just, you know, brought in the docks and they, you know, hit him with the paddles and he came back to life. I definitely think right. there's... There's something going on. And it doesn't mean that maybe he doesn't, like we said before, he doesn't have some sort of technology in his body that's, you know, keeping him alive. I mean, it, it could very well be he has maybe some Stark tech or something like that or, or Asgardian, yeah. you know, mojo going on. Um, because he seems to know that he was dead. Yes. So what's the part that they have to keep from him? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the missing... He knows he died and came back. So what's the piece that he doesn't know? You know. Yeah. And it you know I know I know there was some criticism with him having that conversation with the firefighter that it seemed a little hokey. I I didn't get that at all. I mean, I think again, they made a little later in the episode, but they made a point of of saying that, you know, he's changed. He's different. And so, you know, he sees somebody that that you know, that there's nothing they can do for this guy. They know he's going to die. They can't cure him. So he's going to try and be with him in his last moments and just kind of explain to him. And I thought that was kind of cool where he said, well, they said I was dead for eight seconds, but I'm pretty sure it was longer than that. So he he knows something's up and he knows that they're probably not telling him everything that they know. Um, But at least for now, he's kind of biding his time with it and and letting it go. The other thing that I got I walked away with from that conversation that he that Coulson had with uh, Melinda May was that maybe he wasn't the only one that died and came back that. Maybe she it, it, she made it pretty clear that she the same thing happened to her. Like she she said, you know, I basically I came I'm different, too. So I think they have kind of a shared experience there where something happened, maybe not to the extreme that Coulson had. You know, maybe she just, you know, was shot or something like that. And, and, and they they it sounded like maybe she was resuscitated by more normal means. But I think she had either some near death or death experience that changed her as well. So uh, that's that's what I got out of that. They they really need to make a move with Melinda May soon. Yeah. She went from like the potentially most interesting character the first episode or two to now. I mean, the act, you know, the stoic sort of wooden act is just getting old for me. Yeah. Yeah. They need to, they need to, yeah. I think it's almost like they need to pull a little character out of Sky and give it to May and then pull a little stoicism out of May and give it to, and give it the sky to just kind of normalize them a little bit because they're they're yeah I agree they're kind of extremes of of a condition and not for the better for the most part. Um, and it, at least with uh, at least with Ward, the other characters acknowledge that he's so stiff and make fun of him and stuff. Yeah, like that makes it more acceptable to me. Like oh you know I'm not the only one that thinks he's a stiff. That's the way. He really is, and the other characters see it too. 
yeah. you know, where with May, it's just kind of like they're almost all afraid to approach her. Yes. Which could be part of the story as well, you know, that, you know, she is the cavalry and this sort of legend type character, but they're just not getting enough mileage from Ming-Na. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, her screen time and her dialogue and everything is really limited. Yeah. And I'm hoping, again, 22 episode season we're you know what six episodes in at this point that that hopefully we'll you know we'll we'll see that that evolve and and like i said to me i think this episode was a step in the right direction of doing that so i have a lot of hope that that we're going to start to see more of this character building and and more of these subtle changes we're going to get to make this thing um to, to improve it uh, as well w- one of the things that that i thought after and again, it was kind of an after the fact thing, but when they're they're at the beginning of the episode and they come up on that that barn and it's like, oh, they're like, oh, it's locked from the inside or whatever. And they're f- trying to figure out how they're going to get in. And she just rears up and kicks that door open. It seemed like that thing was pretty heavily uh, latched. <laughs> so, yeah, after she said something about her near death experience, I wonder if she's got maybe like a bionic leg or something like that, maybe, you know. She always seems to be very heavily dressed, like she wears the long sleeves and the jacket, and like we don't see a lot of bare skin on her. Uh, right. So I wonder if there's something going on with her that we just don't know about. Uh, That's interesting, because she is always in like the shield flight suit. Yeah. That's all we've ever... I actually wish that some of them would wear uniforms like in the field and stuff. It was kind of goofy seeing... Uh, Ward and Coulson run around in suits in some of the yeah action scenes in the in the past episodes, but uh, yeah, she's never been out of that as far as I could tell. Yeah, I mean, she's a little more casual when she's on the plane itself, but anytime she's in the field to to any degree, she's she's got the full getup on. So, uh, like I said, that was something after she talked about how you know she's changed as well. I thought, well, maybe you know maybe that's how she was able to kick that door open, but. Uh, but I guess, I guess it, it, it remains to be seen. But And like you were saying, too, the, the whole bit with them making fun of Ward. I, to me, I thought that worked. I know maybe some people thought it was a little too goofy. But, again, I thought it was, a, it was kind of a bonding moment they had with Sky. You know, they're kind of, you know, teaming up against Ward. And uh, I, I thought, uh, uh, what's, uh, I want to say Natasha Henstridge, but uh, Elizabeth Henstridge um, uh, Simmons. Uh, making fun of of Ward, trying to do the American, you know, male accent, almost like a John Wayne yeah. to do it. I I I just I thought it was pretty hysterical. I thought it worked really well. Um, and then the callback at the end was cool, you know, where he he heard them or he knows that they they basically poke fun at him, and uh, he kind of embraced it at the end. I thought I thought that was that was pretty funny. Right. And the big uh, dive out of the plane, the skydiving scene. I thought somebody was going to fire up uh, Lola. Lola, yes, Lola. Yes. I yeah. thought we were going to get another look at Lola, but we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that's what was going to happen too. Well, and it was funny because, well, yeah, let's let's talk about that that scene a little bit. So Simmons gets infected with with this, this virus, and I thought that was kind of a cool bit too where Coulson just kind of slowly backs away and then, boom, hits the door and kind of locks her in. Um, yeah. That was just real casual. I thought that I thought that was that was pretty well done, but the whole the whole bit, you know, where you know she contracts this virus, and then they find out that 
you know that that the anti and the, the whole thing with antibodies or antivirus that that uh, fits getting the the name mixed up i thought was kind of funny that she just kept you know picking at him about that but um when we found out it wasn't going to work and she, she when she jumped out of the plane honestly honestly i thought oh here we go this is the first one to go i really thought that maybe uh you know because it's a joss whedon show and and characters seem to die especially characters that you feel a fondness for i really thought that she was gonna she was there was a high probability that she wasn't gonna make it right yeah i think i i thought it for a quick second as well um i guess ward came into the picture pretty quickly after that obviously they couldn't give her too much time too much of a head start yeah um and, and you I, know it was it, it was it was believable enough. I mean, it's a show about it. You know, it's in a superhero world, and uh, I I was okay with it. I know some people said like I know the CG was pretty bad, and yeah, but it's TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I was okay with it. We believe it when we see it in a James Bond movie or Die Hard, or you know, I mean, I could go through fifty different movies that that pull that similar kind of stunt, and we you know think of it as a cool action thing. I I didn't I didn't have a problem with it all. I'm glad that Ward came in and took the parachute from Fitz and jumped because if Fitz jumped and saved her, I I think I would have literally yeah. just like dropped the remote and walked away, you know, because that would have been completely unbelievable. I mean, completely unbelievable. Um, but the fact that Ward did it, I thought was was really cool. But I, I like you, I thought I thought for a minute he was putting on the parachute and then going to jump in the car. Um Right, you know, and 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 take off with the car, which I thought would have been funny because then it could have been a whole, you know, Coulson getting on his case about, you know, you know, taking the car, but, um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it worked, and then it kind of it kind of made a little bit of a cool moment at the end where, um, you know, a little bit of jealousy on Fitz's part where you know because Ward kind of you know the big the big you know hunky guy kind of came in and saved the the damsel in distress, uh, and they kind of had their little little moment about that, but. Uh, did you uh speaking of Lola while we're on the subject. So at the very end when the other agent, of course, agent I can't Blake. remember the name, Titus, Agent Blake, Titus Welliver, is uh right, is is giving Agent Coulson a hard time or, or and you know they're talking about whatever they're talking about, you know, you're going to get this little team taken away from you, all that stuff. And then he walks away and he sort of like swipes Lola yep. with his hand. Yep. I was definitely waiting for don't touch Lola. <laughs> yeah. Or or something to come of it. And I don't know if that was meant to show a little bit of like Colson being different. It just seemed like too obvious an event like he should have said something at that point, but he didn't. Yeah, and it was kind of fun. It, it to me it just kind of it kind of accentuated the fact that these two characters have a history and they're it's it's not exactly uh maybe the the they're not on the best of terms and i think you know blake obviously knew that was going to push a button uh so i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool that uh that we had that little bit there i hope we see more of uh of agent blake yeah i think they're setting it up to for him to show up again i mean yeah we know we're like you said they they definitely have a past and uh it wasn't a pleasant visit yeah and I guess he's level eight. I think that's what they they kind of set it up that he's a part of like level eight clearance. So he's uh, they're giving the impression that he's of a higher right level in shield than than Coulson is. 
HQ. I think they always. Uh... Yes, yes. Um, which they use the the uh, the more bird like shield logo. It seems than than uh, Colson's team. It almost seems like maybe that maybe the the streamline logo is level seven's logo, and then the other logo is like shield proper. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to find the pattern with the with the logo. Yeah. Go. The other thing I was gonna say uh, real quick is if if those of you listening or John, I'm not sure if you've listened to it yet, but um, Clark Gregg was on. Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast uh, recently, and uh, he sat down with him for about an hour, and it was it was really good. I mean, if, if you if if you don't listen to to Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast, um, usually he has some sort of celebrity guest on. Uh, sometimes it's just uh, you know three knuckleheads in a room, just you know, just you know, kind of cracking jokes and stuff. Um, and sometimes the celebrity interviews turn out really really well, and sometimes they're a complete train wreck. Um, he recently interviewed Harrison Ford, and it was a complete nightmare. Like it was, it was the worst thing I think I've ever listened to. It was really bad, um, and not yeah, on hard. Chris, Chris Farley, Chris Farley, and uh, Paul McCartney bad. Yeah. Oh man, and <laughs> and it wasn't Hardwick. It was it was Harrison Ford because it was the uh, uh, hmm, uh, it was it was yeah, it was like twenty five minutes of that. It was really bad. Um, but but Clark Gregg was on the on one of the most recent episodes. And it was really, really good. I mean, the guy, I, I, I kind of put this on Facebook afterwards, but Clark Gregg is a guy like I'd, I'd like to just hang out and buy him a beer and just like chit chat with him and not even about like, you know, geeky stuff, but just about just stuff. I mean, he just seems like a really laid back, really chill kind of cool guy to, to hang out with. And, you know, they talked a lot about his, you know, past and, you know, how he came up through show business and the fact that he's a writer and a director. Um you know, and that that he's really gracious of the fact that kind of later in his career, I mean, he's like 51, that he's having the success he is and he's really humble about it. Um, and it was funny because he even kind of circled back around to the logo talk. But but they they were kind of uh, jabbing back and forth with each other. And uh, one of the things that Clark Gregg said was he goes, yeah, they, they can't he's talking about shield. And he's like, yeah, they can't even make up what their own logo looks like. You know, he kind of. He kind of acknowledged it in the in the podcast, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but they talk a lot about you know how he got the part, and that uh, I guess John Favreau was his neighbor, like they lived next door to each other, um, which is kind of funny. So def- definitely check that out. Um, you could uh, in your podcast podcast device, uh, I'm sure look at, uh, at the feed for the Nerdist or look at nerdist.com and you can you can pull that down. It's it's definitely worth listening to and I I guess the most recent episode he posted like a couple days after that is with Tom Hiddleston who plays uh, Loki in uh, Thor the Avengers uh, and the upcoming Thor the Dark World. Yeah, can't wait for that. And we have a little bit of news about that that we'll do I think after we We'll do our ratings now and maybe wrap this up, and then we'll do a little semi-spoiler section. Uh, nothing terribly spoilish, spoiler-ish, but uh, something that, you know, if, you, if you're the type of person that doesn't watch any previews or doesn't, you know, read anything about upcoming episodes and stuff like that, you might want to skip it. So I give this one a four. Uh, one of my favorites. I'm still hoping for a little more. You know, it was a little light on the, um, not that it was light. This was your one and done. I did enjoy that it was a one and done because it 
it fleshed out Fitzsimmons a little bit more, so that was cool. I my preference is for the the episodes that are forwarding the uh, the big story, uh, whether it be Rising Tide or it maybe a little more with Coulson or, or whatever it may be. But I I give it a four. I liked it more than uh, you know the more recent ones that we've talked about, and I'm hoping uh, you know I'm hoping for a steady climb from here. Yeah, I I agree with you. I uh, I give it a four point two five. I I liked it a little bit better. Uh, uh, I think this is probably this definitely in the in now. Granted, we're only six episodes in, but uh, you know, definitely in the top two three episodes that I've I've seen so far. I liked it a lot. I think it's it feels like it's starting to ditch some of the things that we're kind of critical of in past episodes. Uh, it's starting to get a little take itself a little more seriously. Um, it's starting to not feel as silly or when they kind of do a goofy moment, it seems like it fits, uh, no, no pun intended. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the route that they're going down. Excellent. So do we have a title for next week's show? We do. Uh, episode seven is entitled the hub. So I guess this will be our, if you're familiar with our Walking Dead TV podcast, we kind of, like John said, we'll kind of do this quote-unquote spoilery thing just to kind of give a, you know, a, a view into what's coming. Uh, so I have a, I have a summary here. Um, it says, Dangerous secrets are being kept from Coulson's team, and he works the system to save Ward and Fitz when they are sent on a level 8 classified mission that may end in tragedy. Um, this episode will have Maximiliano Hernandez uh, playing Agent Jasper Sitwell, and some of you may be familiar with him. You may not recognize the name, but I think when you see the face, you'll recognize him. He has been in the other uh, Marvel movies. He's kind of been Coulson's sidekick. If you saw uh, the short they did, I want to say it's on the Thor, on the Captain America Blu-ray, the one that's um, the first one they did, where it's him and, and Sitwell sitting down, and they're talking about how uh, it's it's called the consultant. That that's the one, where they they talk about how they got Stark to kind of muck up the works, um, so they didn't capture uh, the Hulk, and then he he was in Thor. He was definitely in Thor. So he's kind of been Coulson's like counterpart in Shield. The the two of those are are kind of friendly. So it's kind of cool that um, he's making his his appearance in Agents of Shield. Very cool. So, a little bit more into spoiler territory here. Uh, again, nothing major, but if you like to be surprised, then uh, maybe you want to uh, stop your player here. Uh, and, of course, you can always find us at shieldpodcast.com or at hhwlod.com where you can find all of our other great podcasts, uh, Walking Dead TV podcast, as we've said, Half Hour Wasted, Long Box of Doom, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Jersey Shore, uh, which isn't what it sounds like, by the way. And uh, what else? Lots of other ones. There's tons of podcasts there at hhwlod.com. The Twitter is at Shield Podcast. And the Facebook group you can find really easy now if you search Shield TV Podcast. Uh, Brad made it a lot easier to find our Facebook page. So please join us there. So, two bits of spoilery news. Uh, I'll do the smaller one first, um, and maybe I'll let Russell handle the uh, the bigger one. So, Saffron Burroughs, who is an actress that I do not know, uh, has been cast as Victoria Hand uh, 
who is an agent of Shield. She it was she is from the comics, so they're bringing in another character that has sort of a comic book background. Um, she has a very interesting comic book background, to say the least. So I didn't want to get too far into the character, but I was happy. I was a big fan of Victoria Hand. Um, I guess it was pre-Secret Invasion that she became big in the Marvel Universe. That might have been, actually, that was probably when she debuted. Yeah, um, yeah. And Secret Invasion, for people that aren't super comic geeks, uh, that was a Skrull, which is an alien invasion, and they're, they're sort of like chameleons to oversimplify it. They can sort of uh, hide as other people. Um, very similar. I think when we originally saw the Avengers trailers and stuff, we were wondering whether it would be a Skrull invasion. Uh, and yes. it ended up being a Chitauri invasion, which is more of a Ultimate Avengers. But fine, none of that really matters. But anyway, so they're bringing in another cast member. Sounds like regularly or maybe semi-regularly we'll we'll have to see i guess but uh again i'm rooting for more marvel in my marvel agents of shield so i'm happy to see that uh she'll be brought in yeah yeah i, I agree and the other bit of news uh is tied into thor the dark world isn't it russ yeah so supposedly what we're hearing is the i guess it's going to be the november 19th episode of agents of shield is going to deal with the aftermath of Thor the Dark World. And uh, it, for those of you listening, that's something we've talked about in the past. Uh, 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 you know, that that we're curious if, you know, we, we've seen the trailers for Thor the Dark World and noticed that there is some action on Earth and some destruction that takes place and curious to see if any of that destruction uh, rears its head in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it looks like we have our answer and it will. What What it is specifically, I don't think we quite know yet. Uh, so, but I'm I'm really surprised that that happened so quickly. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of the things that was on our mind. You know, we had mentioned a number of times: could they sync up the show, you know, with movies that were being released during the season? And apparently, they can. And maybe they'll, uh, which they'll, is very cool. Yeah, maybe they'll reference something other than New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, they are predicting ginormous opening numbers for Thor The Dark World. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, you know, a, 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 a decent percentage, or even if it's a small percentage of people that go see Thor that haven't been watching S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, maybe this brings them to the television show. Yeah, if Marvel were smart, attached to those prints would be a little 30-second yes. teaser for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They'd be stupid not to. Or find out what happens next on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, at the right. end of the at the end of the Thor movie. So that, that all sounds really cool. I mean, that's what we really wanted, right, when this was announced? Yeah. You know, yeah. true back and forth between the TV and the, and the movies. Yeah, and there's word that uh, the same thing is you know, may happen with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because that's a very S.H.I.E.L.D. centric movie. I mean, more so than probably any of them to this point. Uh, so I'll be really curious to see if we get aftermath of that. We may not get that until a second season, pr provided that uh, that it gets greenlit for a second season. But I'm really curious about that. Yeah, it's very interesting times uh, going back to what we, we opened the show with. You know, using Netflix as a as an avenue for for this stuff, and 
you know, this sort of unprecedented territory of going back and forth between films and movies, uh, films and movies, films and TV, you know, really exciting stuff and, and a good time to be a geek, certainly. Um, it's funny, you know, it took all of these years for like good superhero movies to get made and now it's just like nonstop, you know, everybody's on it. It's a bonanza. Yeah, for years we were staring at, uh, you know, bad Batman sequels and, uh, you know, I don't even want to go into that. The Real <laughs> Heroes is another podcast we have yeah, on HHWLOD.com if you'd like to delve into bad superhero movies. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. The, the next episode of that will actually be our review of Thor The Dark World, which will air probably the Thursday after uh, the movie premieres this weekend. Um, and then the next up on that... Um, we, yeah, that, 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 that show has a kind of unique concept where we, we literally spin a wheel to randomize what, what superhero movie we talk about, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. And, uh, so the next one is the Roger Corman unreleased Fantastic Four movie. So if you want to hear us talk about bad superhero movies, definitely check that out in the next month or so to come. Very cool. All right. So once again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Shield podcast. Take it easy.